Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that we're in the house of God. We're amongst the people of God. We're hearing the word of God. Bless your word and let it issue forth to the nations, O oh God. Father, we know that at the end, Revelations 15, 11 says, All the kingdoms will be the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, of his Son. Jesus shall reign and govern on the earth for a millennia, during the millennium. And that all governments will pay tribute to him as the King of kings and Lord of lords. So we pray that you would prepare us. Lord, that we might also reign with him, that we might live this life being a light to the world and a salt to the earth. We give you thanks for your word. We ask you to bless it as a good seed planted in a good heart that would bring forth good fruit and that the glory of God would cover the earth, that we would see his righteousness, his peace, and his joy like the waters cover the earth. This we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen and amen. I have five minutes. You guys think I could preach in five minutes. Uh, help them, Lord. Our responsibility as the church is to go and find people that don't know God. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's the church's responsibility. To go and save the lost. How many know somebody who's lost? Raise your hand. Everybody. We all know somebody that doesn't know what we know. I was having lunch with my wife this week, and right next to me was a man full of the Santeria chains. He had like 20 of them. He was like walking out. Um, in the past, when I've met men like this, I ask him, do you know what a chain means? And he looks at me like saying he has all these chains. A chains means you're enslaved. You've been taken captive. But this man who sat next to me for an entire meal, we were sitting at a bar stool together. Um, we were having lunch, and my wife was next to me, and he was right next to me. I said, yes, Lord, thank God there's somebody I could talk to. But the whole lunchtime, he didn't even look in my direction. It's almost like what was in him knew what was in me. And he wouldn't look. So I, he stayed there with his girlfriend, with his wife. I don't know if it was either or. Um, but I was sad because I didn't get to speak to him. As I leave, he left the restaurant 10 minutes before we did. He paid his bill and he left. He didn't ever look at my direction. And as I left 10 minutes later with my wife, and I was feeling a little bit down because I wasn't able to share to him, to give him a lifeline, something that would help him in his direction. They were a young couple. He was about 25. When I go outside the restaurant, he was still there in the terrace, and I go, woohoo, there's still a chance. Um, and so I, he was talking to a friend outside, and I said, yes, Lord, uh, you slowed him down. And then I started walking to my car, and then I said, okay, I got to measure this right to see when he's coming out. And I said, Lord, I hope there's a what is a man book in my car. The chances are 50-50. I give him a round real quick, and I open the back door of my car, and there it is. A beautiful, it was in Spanish though, and I was like, oh man, now there's another 50-50. He might read Spanish, he might read English. So I grabbed the book, he was just coming down the parking lot, I turn around, I said, excuse me, do you read Spanish? And he goes, si, como no. It's a Cuban guy. And I said, I have a book for you. I'm a lawyer, 
And for many years, men were getting divorced. And I see a young couple like you, and I wish you guys would never separate. You guys were meant to be together forever. And this book will help you. And they go, thank you. Dios te bendiga. And they were excited. I didn't allow the chains and the santeria and all that stuff to stop me from giving the good news. Don't let no one stop you from giving the good news. In 2007, we went to Israel. We were going into a cathedral, a lot of cathedrals. And there was a Muslim man outside selling souvenirs. And he came up to me. He goes, do you want to buy a souvenir? I said, no, but I have something to ask you. And I said, the Bible says that God stands at the door and knocks. If you let him in, he'll come in. He goes, I'm Muslim. I said, I don't care if you're Muslim or if you're Buddhist or you're Hindu. God wants to come into your life. And he's knocking on the door of your heart. And if you let him in, he'll come in. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim. doesn't matter if you're Buddhist, Santero, Maimane, Madrina, Piritita. doesn't matter. He wants to come in. And then he starts cleaning the inside. But you have to open your heart. And that Muslim man says, yes, I want to open the door. And we grabbed hands and we prayed. And this Muslim man in the inner, in the Middle East that had sat outside the cathedral for years selling souvenirs. He let Jesus Christ come into his heart. He prayed the sinner's prayer. And the, the temple guard... The guy that was in charge of the Christian icon in the... He was like, ah! A Muslim man asking Jesus in his heart. He couldn't believe it. Because sometimes Christians don't share their faith. And so if they shared their faith, they would be blown away that many people need the Lord. Many people want to ask Jesus in, but you need to ask him. You need to bring them to the Lord. Um, as we un understand these things, we're not trying to... Order people's steps before they come to God. When they come to God, God orders their steps. So it doesn't matter if they're gay, transgender, if they're, um, some people have issues with black people. So it doesn't matter if they're white, if they're Hispanic, if they're fat, if they're skinny, if they're ugly. Some people think ugly people aren't allowed in heaven. That's a lie. Right here is a representative sample, right? <laughs> God chose the ugly things of this world. To make beautiful. Look at me now. Okay. God chose the worst things to confound the wise. So I want to challenge you in these five minutes I have left. Are you talking to somebody about God? Quit religious politics. Quit religious denomination. Quit all these things that separate you. In John chapter 4 we have the great example of a Samaritan woman. And, and Jesus came up to her and says, I know you've been married five times. I know you're living with someone that's not your husband. I know that you are not fit, but I have a gift for you. And he brings her to the Lord. The consequences of her coming to the Lord is she goes into town and brings out all the men. She was the key to the entire city. And Jesus knew this, and he brought her to know him, and he offered the gift of salvation. So to be able to bring the lost to be found, that's, that's our work in the kingdom. I hope that, you know, as we were doing pastor appreciation, they came in with a full month of everything that we were going to do. And I said, look, I don't want pleasant trees to take over the substance of what we're called to do. You know when I'm going to celebrate and be appreciated? When I get to heaven. 
I'm not, I'm not worried about appreciation down here on earth. Last week we were in California, San Bernardino, uh, up in the mountains, 7,600 feet up high. Uh, East L.A. Hispanics, they're pretty rough. And, and I said, Lord, I don't want to come here to talk pleasantries with these men. I want to sock their socks off. I just want to just spiritually give them an uppercut, knock them out, so that they wake up to become real men representing Christ in our world. Um, they, one of the guys had a bullet in his buttocks because um, he was a gang leader, and he had just been in prison. He was in a gang fight. They shot him six times, and they were able to take out five bullets, but one bullet stayed in his butt. I, I think God put it there so he won't forget. And, and we challenged him to become a real man. To become a man for the Lord. And they said, thank you for talking to us so strong. I said, I didn't come out here to speak to women. I'm not going to be emotional. I didn't come out here to speak to children. I'm not going to be babying you. Uh, I'll confront you as a real man. If you're going to wear a mustache and a beard, I'm going to size you up. And so these 120 guys, and I took Pastor Medieros and Pastor Oscar was with us. And, and we were like, do we run now? Do we not run? Are they going to stab us? Are they not going to stab us? But we, we spoke to them like real men. Um, the opposite is to be children, immature. So the second part of reaching the lost is to be able to heal them. I don't think that God brings us, any of us, to the Lord to not fix whatever's wrong. Look what it says in Exodus 3.17. I'm going super fast. I, God says, I will bring you out of the afflictions of Egypt. Now, you, you have to grab that word affliction. And every one of us could define affliction in a sentiment. Um, I, I have a list of things here that I wrote down. Infirmity, sickness, disorder, complaints, weaknesses, sufferings, um, things in our lives that have come against us. God says, I've come to take you out of affliction and into the land that flows with milk and honey. That's called the promised land. The promise of God for you is that once you were lost, now you're found. But now he wants to heal you. The worst place in the world is to be in church and continue to lick your wounds. You've been here forever and you're still traumatized about your infancy or childhood or the traumas of yesteryear, a divorce, a separation, a time in your life where you were afflicted. And God wants to turn your mourning into dancing. I had a horrible childhood, but my celebration of what God has done in my family, my marriage, and my children is through the roof exciting. I'm, I'm such a blessed husband and father because my reality today doesn't it contrast with yesterday's tears and, and lost time. So God wants to, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what, you, you, you're lost, you, you're saved, and now God wants to heal your affliction. He wants to make you whole. He wants to heal your broken heart. He wants to be able to, you know, we have guys in prison here, and they lost a lot of time. But they have decided that they would use that as a stepping stone and not a stumbling stone. It's not a stigma for them. They're out there pronouncing liberty to the captive. They've been set free from their afflictions. And if you're not in that case right now, not only does God want to save you, he wants to heal you. 
He wants to heal you. And, and that healing has to be down deep. The worst Christian in the world is one that continues to ooze bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness and, and tears. Have you seen an unhappy Christian? That, that is a sad dilemma upon the earth. Why? Because God wants to make joy your strength. He says, out of your belly, there's going to become a life that flows. I was talking to Lionel, one of the guys that came here about a year and a half ago. He goes, Pastor, I don't know what's sustaining me, but it's supernatural. I, I can't be upset or sad anymore because I have a presence and a strength and a grace on my life that carries me. And for me, that's, that's, a, that's God's promise. Not only save the lost, but heal the ones that are saved. Then we have the third prong, which is those that are healed, he wants to sanctify and disciple. This is character formation. We know a lot of Christians, but then when they're up against heat and adversity and trials and difficulties and burdens, they fall apart. Not a disciple, not somebody who's formed in character. It doesn't mean that they're not saved, but now God wants to make them an example to the lost. He wants to form their character. That process of sanctification is come to church on time. Be faithful. Be generous. Start, start having the realities of the Christian faith. And so in that regards, discipleship is the third prong. Saving the lost, healing those that are saved, and then sanctifying, discipling, challenging the character of those that are here. A lot of churches are circuses. What means a circus? You know, the, the statistic says there's more divorces in the church than outside the church. How could that be? That cannot be. When you have a saved, healed, discipled woman and man, you have healthy marriages. You have wholesome families. And so that's what God's doing. What for? Number four, and I'm done. Those that have been saved and healed and made whole and discipled are sent out. They're mobilized. You know, we don't do anything here being part of the crowd of the saved and the happy. Uh, a lot of people have that concept. You know, we're just waiting on Jesus. No, my friend, there's people out there that are hurting just like you were hurting, that need healing just like you have been healed that need character formation just like you have been characterly formed. Let's stand up this morning and I apologize. We've had church today. How many say amen? amen. We've had church today. Yes. Ask God where you are on the continuum of the process. Were you lost and now you're saved? And you say amen. We used to sing a song. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. amen. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. amen. If you're saved and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. amen. So we glorify God. Father, we thank you. We thank you that your grace is evident. It's present. It's powerful. It removes us from distraction, from deception, from disconnection, from destruction. That we might, Father God, be found and focused and deliberate and passionate and informed and a powerhouse in this world. We pray that you send us, Lord. Send us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of God made flesh. The reality of God and not the religion of God. Make it real in our lives, Lord. 
Make our marriages wholesome and healed and exuberant, extravagant and deep and profound. Give us purpose for living, Lord. Let us be so attractive that people will want to follow us as we follow you, Lord. That we might invite them to a place of refuge. A place where they can be replenished and flourish and blossom. And that the crops and the harvest might testify of your grace and your love. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for salvation and forgiveness of sin. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Wash us and make us whole. Heal our land. Establish people that love you in places of prominence and influence. And allow us to rejoice in this land of the free and home of the brave. In Jesus' name we pray. And the house of God says, amen, amen, and amen.